The Daily Tap is live for Friday. Hope everybody's doing well. I'm doing all right. We're going to talk about the Brewers' worst week. It's here. It's happening. We need to change it around. This weekend matters. We're going to also talk about a divided fan base. Do we come back from this? Will we be friends again? How does this work? Um, We'll talk about that. Um, At the end, we'll do a tap list of guys I wish I would have watched more, whether it be I didn't get to see a lot of their career, whether I just was a kid and didn't appreciate the guys I was watching. Um, This is local, and this is in honor of Leroy Butler. Going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, uh, before I get going, just want to remind you, we are all over social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on TikTok, as well as Instagram. TikTok has been on fire. If you're in here from TikTok, we appreciate you. Welcome to the show. Hopefully, you're going to do the subscribe, uh, Apple, Spotify, however you get your podcast. Uh, we also are on all the other podcast channels. I apologize for the voice. Uh, I have a little bit of a summer cold. Who could have thought that three days of drinking in Boston plus a bunch of flights would lead you to feeling sick? Did take a COVID test. Test negative. Not that I like needed to. I was going to be with people at house inspection. So I was like, all right, I got to probably get this taken, look, get this looked at and everything like that. So definitely, definitely okay. Uh, just sound like shit. So I apologize for that. But we move on and we try to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers and figure out where do we go from here. So Milwaukee Brewers trade Josh Hader on Monday. Um, we talked about it a lot, um, pretty much at length, um, Monday as well as Tuesday. Uh, and basically, we came to a disagreement, Mitch and I, about what happened with the Milwaukee Brewers. And I, I said, look, I, I thought that you make this deal now, it's it's okay, you're, you're going to be all right. Like, you're not that much better with or without Josh Hader. Like, facts are facts. The teams that are ahead of you are probably better. It sucks to hear that. It sucks to feel that way. But at the end of the day, it's reality. The Dodgers, the Mets... The Braves, now the Padres with Soto. I don't know if I would have said that before the Soto, Hader, Drury acquisitions, but those teams are all better than you, all right? Like, they they just are. And, yeah, you could beat the Cardinals round one, but facing the Mets in a five-game series, I don't really feel good about the Brewers' chances. Maybe pull a rabbit out of your hat, but then you have the Dodgers or the Padres in the NLCS. And then if you get to the World Series, you're likely facing the Astros or the Yankees, but the Astros, to me, are the best team in baseball. So where it, it leaves you at a rut, right? It's a large fucking hill to climb. And the Milwaukee Brewers, being a small market team, have to do things that are a little bit different, that are not what people do in the larger markets, right? And the Brewers had to figure this out. And they had to deal with Hater. We've went over it. But... It seems like with the Milwaukee Brewers that they have a misunderstanding that their players aren't robots. And I was going to do something about how this weekend's really important, and we'll still talk about the weekend, but I'm kind of scrapping it. And the reason I was scrapping it is because I got on Twitter, and I saw that Luke Barker, who got Tommy John surgery, who was was up for a a cup of coffee um, with the Brewers organization, now in the Nashville Sounds, he got DFA'd um, the day of his surgery. Um, The Brewers set him loose. And it just looks so fucking shitty, especially when all the stuff's going on. It's like, how can you make this even more shitty? And this happens. The Dallas and Lament stuff happened. Omar Narvaez goes on the IL the day they DFA uh, Pedro Severino. 
Like, it is an absolute clusterfuck of a week. We've all been there, right? I'm sure you've had weeks where you can do nothing right in your personal life. You can do nothing right in your work life. You can do nothing right workout-wise. Like, we all, like, have those weeks. It's, it's, it's part of being a person. It's part of being a human. But when it happens to a baseball team, a basketball team, a football team, it's rare, it's rare that it's this bad, all right? It's rare that a team has this bad of a week. And it feels like the shit is just mounting. It feels like the scene in Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum looks at all the shit. That's the Milwaukee Brewers right now. And even though I was in defense of the hater trade, I think that what I did not correlate and I did not square up enough was that, and I, I kind of blew it off um, it, with the podcast Mitch about how the clubhouse would be fine. Like the clubhouse, they went through it three weeks ago. They knew this was possible. But the more that I thought about it and I gave that, all, I guess I gave that alternative angle of saying like, maybe the hot streak after the all-star break was them telling ownership, like do not break up the chemistry of this team. We have a chemistry. We are we are we have a good thing going here. We are seven and two out of the break. There's no reason to change, to change what you're doing. Except the Brewers did. They traded Josh Hader away. And they said, fuck you. And I think that that part of it, I didn't, I didn't fully understand. And now I, I don't think it had a lot to do maybe with the Brewers getting swept per se. I know that I saw Tim Muma, who I went back and forth with on Twitter a little bit about how he was like, well, it definitely affected them. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe. But honestly, I don't think it was really the offense didn't seem affected by it. The offense was rolling all pretty much all week at week. Got had guys, every different guy contribute. It was some bad defense here and there. It was the Brewers maybe not necessarily being as focused because of the bad defense. So you could say, all right, point to the hater trade. You could say Corbin Burns, the walks, you point to that. I really think it's more comes down to more of the bullpen was just trying to overperform and they don't need to. When none of those guys need to overperform. Craig Council is a player's manager. Craig Council is going to push the buttons that he needs to. And these guys either are not comfortable in their roles or they feel like they have to show that they can replace Josh Hader. Let me be clear that nobody's going to replace Josh Hader. All right? Like, Josh Hader is one of one. Okay? But it doesn't, you don't need to try hard. You don't need to, like, basically embrace this sort of like you have to be the man now and I do think that not necessarily having a veteran I mean I know Matt Bush is in there at 36 Matt Bush not isn't really a veteran I guess Brad Boxberger is but he doesn't really talk to anybody from what the Brewers talk about on the broadcast things like that but you kind of need a guy in there to grab everybody by the nuts and say look this is not going to be Josh Hader's bullpen. This is Devin Williams' bullpen. This is Taylor Rogers' bullpen. Rogers has been the only bright spot, and Rogers didn't pitch today because they were worried about exhaustion after red eye and things like that and the, the game going late yesterday. And they're like, we didn't want to throw Rogers out there again. Okay, I, I understand that. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I guess you expect Matt Bush to do that job. He's closed before, but it's been a complete clusterfuck. And two walk-offs, 
You've blown now five straight games where you've had leads with the Pirates heading into the sixth inning. You have the all the stuff we mentioned with Lamette and Barker and just the fan base going at each other's throats. It's it's never been a worse time to be a Brewer fan. Probably, God, I mean, 2019 losing that Trent Gresham game was pretty rough. Not gonna lie, um, that one to me is one that I think gets not necessarily lost, but it, it's definitely on the heartbreak index for sure. But it, I guess it hasn't been this bad since maybe that 2014 collapse, which I've seen a little bit rumblings of people are, are hearkening back to that. That collapse it didn't just happen overnight. Like that, that collapse happened at the end of August into September Ended up, I think, getting swept by the Pirates in mid-September. And then it was like, we're done. We don't have a chance anymore. I think Craig Council has enough of this locker room to pull everybody together. To say, look, your friend's gone. I'm really sorry this happened. We have a really good team here. And if they all want to just say fuck off and he loses the locker room, I mean, yeah, it could happen. And that was what my original podcast topic was going to be about, like, this is such an important weekend. Because it is. Like, to me, this weekend defines the series. This weekend, to me, defines the season. Like, this weekend, we're going to know what the Milwaukee Brewers are all about. We're going to know if they have that testicular fortitude or if they just kind of want to slapdick the rest of the season. And you're like, Charlie, that's a little bit sophomore. Sure, fine. But it's true because that, to me, is what is the sign of a champion, if what's inside there. You're facing a guy tonight whose name Robert Duggar, who I think might pitch for the Cubs. He he was, oh no, the Mariners. He's bad. He is a bad pitcher. Robert Duggar is not a good pitcher, okay? Robert Duggar is not good. Like, he is woefully bad. And Eric Lauer gets to face him against a crowd that should be rocking because we're celebrating the 82 Brewers again because we, we that's all we have, right? So Eric Lauer should eat. They should eat. The offense should eat on Robert Duggar. And then maybe the bounce back starts. And then we get Aaron Ashby against Nick Lodolo. Lodolo is a big prospect, left-hander. Um, could give the Brewers some trouble. As we know, they struggle against left-handers. And then you have Corbin Burns against Hunter Green. And they've been pretty good against Hunter Green. And Hunter Green just, to me, seems like a year away. Like, I, I think next year, Hunter Green is going to be really solid. Lodolo, to me, looks more ready than Hunter Green. So that's probably the swing game, in my opinion. But could the Brewers bounce back, get a sweep here, and then just start it up again? Absolutely. Could they lose all, all three of these and get swept? I, I mean, I don't know, man. The Reds right now, without Evan Jury, um, it, they also don't have Luis Castillo and Taylor Molly. Like, they, they're, they're not what they've been, right? They're not. They were kind of frisky for a little bit, but they are not. Not where they're at. Like, they got shut out by Sandy Alcantara. And yeah, that lineup is... I mean, Don and Solano's batting in the fifth spot. And I think he got picked up late. Mora, Aquino, like... They don't they don't really have much. It's Moustakis and Joey Votto. And that's that's really about it. And they their bullpen's pretty marginal at best. Like, there's no reason that the Milwaukee Brewers shouldn't win two out of three here. They should probably sweep, honestly. Like, the Reds... Out of the three teams, Reds, Pirates, Cubs, I think the Pirates are going to be the frisky one that are kind of going to be like, 
what we thought the Tigers were going to be this season, right? The Tigers kind of looked frisky at the end of the year. They pushed hard, and then they weren't that team this year, unfortunately. Sorry to my guy, Biho. And then I think the Cubs are going to kind of be a little in between, right? Because you have Hap, you have Contreras, but their pitching's god-fucking-awful. Um, and so, and the Reds probably end up being the worst of that group. So the, these are games that are important. And so, yeah, it, it's brutal that you got swept by the Pirates, and it just adds to the embarrassment. It adds to the misery. But you hope that this team picks themselves up by the bootstraps. You hope maybe having the 82 guys around will help, right? Having a Robin Yount hanging out, talking to guys. Having a Ted Simmons, having a fucking Cecil Cooper, right? Maybe that, maybe that helps, right? Jim Gantner, you know, Grant Gantner's probably gonna be in half of the bag, but still, like having those guys around, I think could really help things. And I, I know that sounds crazy, but that's who I am. I'm an optimist, right? I'm never gonna look at this and say this is the worst thing ever, or that I'm gonna just give up on this team. It's not. It's not who I am. Like I, I will see this thing out until until I can't, or until the Packers and the Badgers start, and then I just uh, you, we'll move on. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep a half eye on it, and we'll reset expectations. But yeah, I can't just I can't just throw the baby out of the bathwater. I really should find a better phrase for that, but I, it's it's one I use a lot. So if you have a better one, let me know. But I, it's the Brewers are. I can't say confidently that they're going to be fine because I need to see this weekend. I need to see what they're all about. Now, if they drop their dick on the Cincinnati Reds all weekend, then yeah, I'm back in. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even out. Like, But I think if you get swept by this team, it's a clear sign that you've sort of quit on the season. And if you lose two out of three and you lose in kind of inexcusable fashion again, like, I'm still going to have a hard time defending going 1-5 against the Pirates and Reds. I just am. You lose one game, okay, whatever. But I don't think you can lose Friday night. Not against a guy like Robert Duggar. Not in this scenario. You, you just cannot. And so, let's hope that things get better. Let's hope that you leave on a high note. And sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but when I've had a bad week... Sometimes Fridays can mellow out. Sometimes Fridays chill out. Sometimes it's balls to walls and everything goes to shit until the clock hits 5.30, 6.30. But then when it does hit 6.30, you can crack that first beer or maybe you're pouring that first bourbon or shit. I don't know. Maybe you're, you're uh, lining up like four shots of vodka or something like that. But regardless, your weekend's here. And maybe you're eating an awesome meal. Maybe you're, you know, going out for pizza or you're having wings or something like that. Your weekend's here and you're like, fuck work. And you can at least say fuck work for that night. Maybe I get back at it Saturday and fix and patch what you messed up. But maybe you don't. Maybe it's like, fuck work. We're back on Monday. New week. We're starting. Okay? So let's hope that heading home is are the Brewers' version of pouring themselves that first drink after a rough week of work or that, that great dinner and to try to kind of reconcile whatever's going on in your personal life to kind of just bring it back and just say, all right, well, it was a fucked up week, but let's let's kind of build and let's start something new. So let's, let's just hope that things are going to change because if they don't, it's only going to get uglier. 
when we speak of ugly, the Brewers fan base is just in complete shambles. I haven't really seen anything like this. Um, you know, I've been doing this podcast thing for a long time. Um, I've been doing, you know, I guess content creation. I well, I, I am content creating, but I haven't seen just such a divisive group of people. Maybe the Budenholzer after the 2020 bubble. That's the only one that I could maybe put close. But I feel like during that time, like the Packers were in the midst of their season, so I didn't think as many people cared. And because you have you don't have your first preseason game yet for another week, you have just Aaron Rodgers taking hallucinogens, which I, I want to do a Rodgers topic. I, I don't have time today, but like I, I'll just give you the TLDR that we should accept people that are different. And if people are not going to do things that are in the mainstream, we shouldn't act like it's this big fucking deal. But that's where I'll leave you on that. We can talk about that next week. The fact is, is like, yeah, the fan, maybe the Rogers vaccination stuff was pretty divisive. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, well, I mean, the Packers losing their their the game against San Francisco, I'm sure was. But I was at Lambeau, so I didn't necessarily have that experience of being on Twitter. But I'm sure it wasn't great. I don't know. I I feel like this is like, it is a complete and utter catfight. Like what you saw in Mean Girls, right? When they find the burn book and the second movie reference in less than like 15 minutes. Uh, But like, that's how it feels. Like that is how it feels. It feels like you have the tribal music going and it's like every woman for herself in that movie. And on Twitter, it's like every dude, girl, whatever, it doesn't matter everybody's fucking pissed at everybody else. Like, I lost it on a guy today, and, like, I I never do that. Like, I never do that, but I was so fucking... I, like, I finally hit my breaking point. Like, I'm so sick of the sad sack bullshit. And he's like, well, you know, you don't follow me, whatever. I'm like, just mute me, dude. I, like, I don't care. Like, I just wanted to get that off my chest. And I probably shouldn't have done it. It's probably a dickhead thing to do. Guy's, like, a, I think a brewer Twitter guy. Like, whatever. So I, I burned one of those bridges. Whatever. I, I just, like, I, I'm so I'm so tired of it. Like, I, I, I am because I you don't all need, we don't all need to agree, right? We all we all can have our own thoughts on the hater deal and our own thoughts on Mark Ananasio. I want to touch on in a second here. And I, we can all have our own thoughts on just how this week has went. We can all, I think we can all agree it sucked, right? We can all agree that it was not fun. But what I, I think that the fan base at least should do, or what my recommendation would be, even if you're down in the dumps about this team, you're down in the dumps about this season, I, I really do think you should stop watching. Like, I, I think you should stop following. I think you should not go to games. Like, again, I said this on Twitter, and I hate repeating myself, but it's like, I don't want to tell you how to fan, but I feel like you would ha- be in a much better mental headspace if you don't let this bother you. If you're like, all right, we're just gonna watch, we're just gonna watch the Brewers. We're gonna turn on Bundesliga. We're gonna watch EPL. We're gonna do Packer preseason. Like any of those, I think would be more helpful than watching the Brewers night in night out. If you're gonna be so sour about it, right? Like I just don't know how people can take joy out of that. Like that to me is like, why do something that's going to bring you pain and just like it's different. I guess it's different from like expecting the worst because there there are fans like that. I mean, my guy Mitch was like that, right? 
that there's a difference between expecting the worst versus like being not only expecting the worst, but also being so fucking negative about it. All right. Like there is a fine line. And I think a lot of Brewer fans have crossed that. And I think it would be great to just like spend a weekend away. Right. And just say, all right, we're going to spend a weekend away. But if you really want to break up from this team, you just completely disconnect. And also, you would basically say fuck you to the owner. And you would say, all right, we're not going to support you by going to the games. We're not going to support, obviously, concessions. We're going to not watch you on TV, so your ratings are going to be lower. We're going to not listen to you on the radio, um, so you're not going to get the ratings there. Radio might be a little tough. But so maybe you, we can save radio because hey, yeah, well, we all want to listen to Euchre. But to me, that is the only way that people are going to make impact. If you want to send a message to this owner, that's what you do. Mark Ananasio is not necessarily in good standing with the fan base. Mark Ananasio's Q rating is the worst of all the major guys here in Wisconsin. Like if you put Who's the AD now at Marquette? Oh, it's Lovell still, I think. So if you put Lovell, Barry Alvarez, I love as a president. I don't know who the AD is. I know Brocker does the uh, Marquette basketball, but whatever. doesn't matter. Marquette AD, nameless AD, um, Barry Alvarez, Mark Murphy, Edens Lazary, we'll put them as a duo, and Mark Ananasio. Like, no one is seen in a worse light than Mark Ananasio with his fan base. And I don't necessarily know what Mark does to bring it back. I mean, he could sit down with Rock and Brian or Jeff this weekend and just say, hey, look, I've heard from the fans. I've heard what you guys are saying. I want you to know that we are not necessarily taking a step back. We think that we can still bring this forward. I trust in David. I know you probably don't believe me. I know you probably are mad at me. But I, I just want you to trust us. And people won't, right? And I wish Ananasio would have never said the pandemic comment about how much that hurt the team. Because that, to me, was the beginning of the end. You never heard that from Mark Lazary or Wes Edens. You kind of heard it from Mark Murphy, but not really, right? He didn't use that as an excuse. But Mark Ananasio did. So that, to me, is, I think, where the vitriol started. And moves that have been made since have made it look like that. Now, I read an interesting thing about Paul Molitor today and caught me in a rabbit hole why I'm taping even later than I wanted to, that in, two, in 1993, so the Brewers were ready to offer uh, Paul Molitor a contract after the 92 season. They were 92 and 70 that year, by the way. Didn't make the playoffs because there was only two teams that made the playoffs. The winner of the East Division, the winner of the West Division. Couldn't even imagine, right? Um, they're 92 and 70 and not a playoff team. That's wild. Molitor wanted to remain in Milwaukee. When he became a free agent after a 92 season, the franchise offered him a one-year contract for $900,000 or with a $900,000 pay cut, excuse me, to $2.5 million. While the Toronto Blue Jays offered him a three-year, $13 million deal, $24 million in current dollar terms, leading him to sign with the Blue Jays. His agent, Ron Simon, said, I was also talking to Milwaukee, but it became clear that Milwaukee did not have the same kind of interest in signing Molitor 
perhaps because of their financial situation. I don't know if Mark Ananasio will ever get to that point. All right? Maybe he does. But I am not necessarily there with Mark Ananasio. You can call me a bootlicker. You can say that. I'll do, and I'm not even defending what he's doing. I, I get it, right? Like, I get the frustration. But what I, I am saying is you have to, you got to do different things in the small market. If you want a new owner, like, I'd love to hear who you think would be a better small, small be a better owner. And if they come in, what's to say they aren't going to do the same type of shit? Is Elon Musk going to buy the Brewers? Is fucking Zuckerberg going to buy the Brewers? And anything that they do, do you really want those tech nerds running our fucking team? I don't. I don't. I mean, they have exorbitant amount of money. And then all of a sudden, Milwaukee becomes this amazing team. Do you really, do you really want that? Like, like honestly. I don't, I don't. And, like, what small market is doing better? Don't fucking say San Diego because they're not a small market. I don't know if I, I think I went over this in the last podcast. So I won't repeat that. But if I didn't, you can tweet me and I can explain. I have a full rundown of why San Diego is in a small market. It's just a small TV market. That's it. What owner is doing better? The A's owner is a complete asshole. The, the Royals are living off their 2016 World Series. That's it. They haven't done shit since. The Tigers are a big market and they're an absolute mess. Just thought I'd, I'd throw that in there. Minnesota is cobbling it together. Yeah, they made a big move with Correa. But they didn't do anything with their pitching staff and their bullpen. Even though that they did, they made some nice moves at the deadline. They still aren't fixed. They lost the game today to the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. They fell apart. Bullpen went, you know, Sunny Gray pitched great, and then they fell apart. They're doing, they're doing things, but it just is not paying off for them. So I, I guess the Twins are a good example, but they they have some friction with their owner. So. I'm not saying you have to like everything that happens, but this idea of like Mark sell the team is fucking stupid. Do you really want some guy to come in here and buy the team and send the Brewers to Vegas? Is that what you want? Because that'll happen. You want them to be the fucking Charlotte Brewers? Probably could still call them that because there's enough craft beer. Do you want that? Like, all I'm saying is like, just be careful what you wish for. And if it really bothers you and it's just too much to take, just stop spending money with them. And maybe that'll make an impact. Maybe there will be more of you. But that's all I got to say about that. So let's hope for a better weekend. Let's hope for a better week. Let's let's hope on Monday that we're talking a little more positively about the Milwaukee Brewers. All right. Let's get happy here. This is a pretty depressing podcast, honestly, for a Friday. Uh, I, I like happy podcasts on Friday. It's Friday. We should be feeling good. But I feel like how the Brewers are, we, it had to be a little bit of a therapy session, which is okay. That's that's welcome. But let's let's bring in the good vibes. Leroy Butler is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Leroy Butler, one of the best safeties of the 90s. He's the only guy on the NFL 90 team honoring the best players in the, the decade of 1990 that was not on the Hall of Fame until this Saturday. Um, really happy for Leroy. Um, that's such an honor. And to have him in there and be another Packer that is in the Hall of Fame is truly special. And hope Sterling Sharp is the next one because he deserves it. Even though injuries cut his career short, he had a great start to his career. 
and deserves to be mentioned with them. I believe Mike Holmgren is also going in, which is cool um, as well. So that's that's all. Or no, next year. They're trying to get Holmgren in. Holmgren's not going in this year. Sorry about that. But yes, having Leroy Butler in is very special. Um, it's a very big deal here in Milwaukee um, as he's part of a radio station here in town. He has Leap Vodka. Like it's it's really, he's a Milwaukee and Wisconsin ambassador. And I don't think there is a nicer guy. I ran into him at a golf outing for the state fair, I think last year. Or no, that was two years ago. He actually watched a drive of mine and it was fucking terrible. Um, and it was, it was embarrassing, say the least. And my I was golfing with my CEO and he, he thought I was a lot better than I was because he knows my dad and yeah. That was just a bad day in general. I could tell that full story. That was such a clusterfuck of a day. Um, that that day, honestly, is why I got golf lessons. Um, but that's here nor there. So, I, again, I can tell that story another time. By the way, too, if anyone wants to golf this weekend, my wife's gone. Like, would love to golf. Uh, Milwaukee, hit me up. Social, text, whatever it may be. Anyways, uh, moving on to the tap list. So, the tap list is going to be guys that I did not get to watch or... I didn't pay enough attention to them. Didn't get to appreciate their greatness here locally. Now this list features all Packers and Brewers. And you're asking, where's the Bucks? The disrespect for the Bucks. Listen, for the I was able to watch Ray Allen. I was able to watch Big Dog Robinson. I was able to watch Sam Cassell, who I wouldn't even put in that category. But those guys kind of all came up during my initial fandom of the Milwaukee Bucks. So I, I really actually got lucky with those guys. Same if we're talking Badger football, like Ron Dane. Um, I, I remember Ron. I saw Ron Dane break the record against Iowa. Like So I'm, Ron Dane to me is the guy I remember watching. So Ron Dane also did not make the list, if you're wondering. I think it would for a lot of the younger kids. Like I think if I did this on TikTok or something... They would be like, oh, I wish I watched Ron Day and I wish I watched Ray Allen. Like, no, I'm a little older, unfortunately. But number one uh, for me is Robin Young. I never got to watch Robin Young play. I'm sure I did when I was like a babe. Well, he played, I think, for the Brewers till 92 or 93. And so I was a youngster at the time. I was like four or less. And so I never really understood Robin Young. I mean, watching him was watching highlights is awesome. Like, the guy. Just five tool player was one of is the brewer is Mr. Brewer like he is brewer for life. He is he's the embodiment of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Robin out there. He's also a cool fucking dude. Like he's just a dude, right? He and that's that's what makes it so great. Like I think Robin out would have been great in the social media era. I think people would have really loved Robin out in that sort of capacity. I think he would have had more fans across. America, um, and he just, he was the guy, man, and I wish I could have got to watch him play, and it's its a shame that I, I didn't, um, whether it was in the infield or in the outfield, um, so yeah, Robbie out number one. Number two, he was mentioned here, Sterling Sharp. Uh, Sterling Sharp, uh, the highlights of him are incredible. Um, to watch the clip of Shannon Sharp talk about how Sterling should be in the Hall of Fame and not him how he was the better player. It's A, one of the best things you'll ever watch. I think it's, they're talking to each other. I can't, I think that's it. It's a great clip. Um, would recommend it. And 
Sterling, man, you just wonder, right? You wonder how many Super Bowls the Packers could have won if Sterling Sharp stayed healthy for his entire career. Now, who knows if he would have stayed a Packer or whatnot, but do the Packers lose to the Broncos if Sterling Sharp's there? They beat the Cowboys in 1995 if Sterling Sharp's there or in 94, but 95, I think, more realistic, Favre's first MVP year. Does that happen, right? And that Steelers team was not very good in 95. So could there have been a situation where the Packers would have had an opportunity at a three-peat and had been this kind of the dynasty after the Cowboys? Maybe the good guy dynasty after the bad bad boy Cowboys, right? Like, I, I think that would have been actually on the table with Sterling Sharp actually playing. But we'll never know. Sterling Sharp got his career cut short. I vaguely remember Sterling Sharp. I wouldn't say that I have a ton of great memories of Sterling Sharp. That I can pinpoint. Um, so that's where I put Sterling Sharp there. Um, and I, I, I definitely have him at the number two spot and wish I could have seen more. Number three, Paul Molitor. Like, look, Paul Molitor, one of the greatest hitters of all time. Uh, the 39 game streak has, no one's ever sniffed it, right? He had 39 straight days with a hit. He was on bay, he was up or on deck 0 for 4 when Rick Manning hit in a game winning single. And Rick Manning got booed for a game-winning single because Molitor didn't get a chance at 40. He's the closest that anybody came to Joe Dimaggio. And even I, I kind of remember Molitor on Minnesota, but obviously I didn't understand the significance of it. And that's what I kind of find with football and baseball for that matter is like guys in the 90s, I kind of remember. Like I, I then went into like a deep dive of the Brewers in the 90s. And my God. Like I have to look, I'd probably have to do like some Wikipedia and some research, but like the '90s Brewers deserve maybe their own like series of podcasts, just understanding how the fuck Sal Bando kept his job. Like I'm telling you, like I know people are mad right now, but the '90s Brewers were so so fucking bad. And after that '92 season, after not paying Paul Molitor, it all went to shit. Now, <laughs> I just thought of this. If someone wanted to be a dickhead, they'd be like, well, Charlie, it's 2022. We trade Josh Hader away. Like, it's the start of the end. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. we got a long way to go, right? We have a long way to go for whether that's actually going to be a reality. But, yeah, not getting to watch Paul Molitor play absolutely fucking sucked. Um, and I wish I would have got that that chance. And definitely one of those dudes that's just like Robin Young. Number four for me is going to be Leroy Butler. So I, I I watched Leroy Butler, but again, you didn't you just forget. Like you don't remember games. Like you, you know, you see the eclipse of the Lambo Leap. I might have been watching that game. Like I was a fucking kid, right? There were certain games, like playoff games I watched a lot with my parents and thing and or relatives or things like that. But I I don't think I appreciate Leroy's greatness as well as maybe somebody who's, I don't know, five years older than me. Like, I think someone who's five years older than me, Leroy Butler, might have been one of their favorite players. I still recognize Leroy Butler. I still remember watching Leroy Butler. But I'm more of like, I remember when Darren Sharper was there and missing tackles and things like that. I think Leroy was still playing, but at the tail end of his career or with Eugene Robinson, right? But I I don't remember Leroy as well as I think some others would. My last guy is Reggie White. Um, similar, right? It's very similar to to Leroy Butler. 
Um, I think you remember Brett Favre because he's a quarterback, right? You, I shit. I I remember Dorsey Levens. I remember Robert Brooks, Antonio Freeman, Chamura. I think you always you kind of focus on the offense as a kid, like you just, and that's why like kids today, and that this makes me sound like a fucking boomer, but it's like kids today like love Mahomes, they love Josh Allen, they don't always love defensive guys, and you don't you don't understand what it takes to be a great defender in the NFL, honestly until you actually play. Like I, it sounds such like a hard old statement, but it's true, and so. I, I've watched back some Reggie White stuff, and dude was just such a monster. Like, could you... Like, Reggie White would have went viral, like, every fucking week. And he was just so dominant at the defensive end position, man. And getting to watch Reggie... Reggie, sh- that's that's also, like... You talk about grave injustices. Like, Reggie should have been Super Bowl MVP. No one wrecked that game more than Reggie White. Watch that Super Bowl back. And tell me that Reggie White doesn't deserve MVP over Desmond Howard. Desmond had a major play in that game. That was a major momentum shift. And the Patriots were dead after that Desmond Howard return. But Reggie White absolutely destroyed Max Light in that game. So maybe Reggie's a stretch. But still, a guy that I wish that I'd be able to watch play. That was in my lifetime. I should have clarified. Like this was my 33, almost 34 years now. Lifetime. So yeah, that's that's the list. Let me know if you guys have one. I'd love to hear from the youngsters. Like I'd love to hear from the Gen Zers out there that listen. Um, if they have a list, because that would that would kind of be fascinating. Make me feel fucking old. I'm sure Favre would probably make that list. Uh, but still, I, I'd love to hear it. All right, that does it for today's show. Sorry, it was a little more depressing than I, than I like it to be. Uh, but it's just how it's going. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we will be back Monday, hopefully in better spirits, hopefully without a cold. Um, yeah, and talk brewers. Well, family night observations to be made um, and anything else that, that comes through your pipeline. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a good weekend. Um, and yeah, if you share. Oh, I should add, it's the very end. You share the podcast, you send me a DM on it, I will buy you a beer. Uh, I'll then mail you over what it takes to get you a beer. And if it's like for your buds who all are subscribed, Maybe it'll round. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a good one. Bye.